My name is Will Holden and today I am joined by Andy Melvin. How are you doing, Sam? I am not too bad, thank you. Very good. I'm also joined by Mark Wall. How are you doing, sir? I'm also not too bad, mate. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, we should begin, as always, with the screen. And I picked RRR, a Tollywood film from India. I think they're called Tollywood because it's in the Telugu language. I've struggled to, before you crack into it, I've struggled sure, to, sure. when I've told people about it, like just saying RRR sounds a weird film title. Yeah, I then is. have to explain afterwards a bit, like you know, like three hours in a row, like triple R. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's its, that's its name. Uh, in co- according to the trivia, um, it was a stand-in for the two lead actors' names and the director. They all begin with R, and that was, and then it just they just stuck. They went with it according to trivia. So there you go, a little bit for you. The, um, the summation of it is a fictitious story about two legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they started fighting for their country in the 1920s. I... I... I think I enjoyed this film quite a lot. I mean, despite its massive three hour and seven minute runtime, it was just absolute crazy, bombast, really silly, but took itself quite seriously. I think the the two lead actors are quite charming and have a they have a good chemistry together. It pulls off a lot of what I I sort of assume are Bollywood tropes. I've got to say I'm not a big Bollywood film watcher and I don't know a huge amount about it but there's a big dance scene in the middle uh, a lot of the sort of action is very I don't know sort of acrobatic and, and like artful and yeah, it, despite yeah despite it being three hours long it never quite felt boring there was always something like around the corner another massive set piece or like hugely overacted melodrama I thought it was daft and I, and I had a good time yeah, I'm not wildly dissimilar, but I went, I definitely went on a bit of a journey with it. Like I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to watching it. It doesn't sound like the sort of thing that appeals to me. Like it doesn't I guess the kind of the Western equivalent of a film like this is is probably close to like it is basically a superhero film, despite sure. the fact that they're not actually superheroes. Yeah, it didn't really appeal to me. Uh about an hour into it, I paused it and um realized it was only an hour into it and was like how am I going to get through the next two hours of this it wasn't even that I felt like it sort of picked up from there it's just like there was the first sort of major fight scene is like pretty incredible (laughs) like good things happen early on but it's just it's it feels like such a sort of throwaway thing that like I wasn't impressed I don't really care I think from the like first musical number like when they go to that party I know it won me round a little bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of, I, for some reason, I just started getting slightly more invested in it. Like I liked their little, very homoerotic, like friendship that they <laughs> that they had. Um, I liked towards the end that the film just became a constant, like flip of one saving the other. Yeah, 
save them, get caught. Like, then the other one will go save him back, they all get caught. No, it's, it's, I don't know. I really don't know why I thought of it. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's real dumb. I know you, you said, like, you thought it sort of took itself seriously. I, I don't know they did. Like, I think. I guess I, I mean, like, it has a sincerity to it. Like, I, I don't mean. I, 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 it knows how silly it is, but yeah. it sort of it treats those moments of action and dance like realistically it treats it as if it happens in the world rather than picking fun at it for the audience's sake certainly later on it gets a a little bit more serious as well the um the kind of flogging scene and stuff was was played very seriously there are some real harsh depictions of uh, torture and violence there's some real brutal moments like the first time the first moment is when um the british kind of take the girl and then like her yeah. uh, sister, I presume, like goes and like grabs hold of the car. He obviously does the like big speech about how much a bullet's worth. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting them to show it quite so. Yeah. You saw <laughs> like walk, walking over, grabbing this huge plank of wood and just like cracking it over her face. It's um, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mark, what was <laughs> what was your thoughts before we get into it? Well, they're, they're very similar to yours, to be honest. It's a crazy tonal mix, isn't it? As, as we've already been saying, it's just wildly all over the place. It's like really quite something. And uh, I'm, I'm not, also not entirely sure what I think of it. But overall, I, I did like it. I enjoyed it. But it, it's not really my kind of film, to be honest. I think it's so kind of modern and sheeny. Like the way it looked kind of bothered me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's so like kind of high definition and it's i don't know i don't know if it was doing stuff with the frame rate or something like that but like the motion of it looked a bit odd at times to me and you know i know there's a load of cg in it but it's not just that i mean there's they also apparently uh went to a load of locations and stuff so a lot of a lot of it is actually you know filmed in places but it yeah just the cinematography whilst it looks incredible at times it's not really my kind of look of a film it's just a little bit too sleek um and yeah the the kind of movie it is as i say ultimately probably isn't really for me but it was the kind of traditional bollywood stuff i think you just said it andy that that was what won me round i think those were my favorite sections like that dance scene was brilliant it was just utterly joyful and that's the weird thing with it you have like five ten minutes in a row of being like this is amazing this is absolutely fantastic i'm like so happy watching this and then there's like half an hour of yeah. yeah, there are sort of lulls in it, and then yeah. uh, until the next like huge set piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on the kind of glossy thing as well. It's not just the look of the film; it's the way the film's made. Like, I think you said it earlier, Will, but like every fight scene is so heavily like choreographed. There's no sort <sighs> of there's no attempt to make it sort of feel. It's not grounded in any sort of reality, which is not a problem because it sort of adds to the fun of it. Like. I did enjoy that, but it, I don't know. It always sort of caps a film for me. Like it can never, it's never going to be a 10 out of 10 for me because it just, it just feels like a sort of throwaway film. Like it's just, it's just supposed to be enjoyed on a sort of stupid base level and not really much else to it. And I, I, did, I, I did sort of enjoy it on that level. So it's not a major criticism, but. Well, I think it is and should be enjoyed on that level. Like I say, I think the film has its own sort of sincerity to it as well, particularly 
and I don't know what this means to to somebody from India. And like I said, I don't know enough about Bollywood to to sort of suggest how much is involved in this. But it's a serious depiction of of British empirical rule in India. And even though it's framed in this, like as you say, essentially a superhero thing, like it's it's a proper um, you know like a, a very serious bit, bit of history in a pretty dark time in, in well, India. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't it doesn't deal with the subject seriously. Like you can argue that it That's does from from the fair, yeah. from the British side, but it's talking about two like revolutionaries that genuinely existed, and then mm-hmm. sort of imagining a world where they. Like, as I understand it, like, there's no, they kind of lived, there was a period of their life where they lived next to each other and could feasibly have met, but there's no kind of evidence that they ever actually did. So this is kind of an imagined story, even taking out all the action set pieces, everything else, like the story itself is kind of an imagining of what potentially could have happened had they have known each other. So there's no, like, scenes with the, with the, the main guy when he's younger and like the, um, the British kind of invading their like training camp, like that's quite a sort of brutal, like thing that they go back to. There are there are moments that are like that, but I think the the overarching story isn't isn't trying to deal with that subject very seriously. Sure. What did you guys think of the the turn with uh, obviously the the undercover guy? Because whilst it was apparent that obviously there was a bromance straight away, and he seems like. It was it was odd because he seems like a well nice guy, well sound, and then at the same time a complete arsehole, which has obviously revealed why he is. But I thought it was interesting how long they kind of held that full reveal back, really. Yeah, unless I missed something. I mean, it was a long movie, but I was surprised that it sort of waited until the last hour, I think, before it really revealed what was going on there. Certainly before it was revealed to like. Is it called Beam? The uh, the the sort of the tribal, um, yeah, yeah, the tribal guy. Um, but I think it sort of reveals um, Ram's sort of identity through that flashback that Andy was mentioning. I think when it's it shows that he was the boy shooting shooting his father in the back to blow up all those soldiers, and I think that that sort of play. I mean, it was still a, quite a long way in uh, as a massive. I think massive, that was towards the end. That was the, yeah, he could be right. Point. It's sort of because it's so long, it sort of blurs into, <laughs> into mm. comp- compressed it in my mind a little bit. Yeah, you might be right, and it might be a lot, lot later on than I than I remember it being. I think the, um, I think if I'm honest, I wasn't in because I wasn't invested in the storyline early on. I don't really know whether there was kind of hints in that because I wasn't. I don't know if it was sort of hinted. I mean, it's not really a twist. It's just kind of like drip fed out a little bit. Or at least kind of it's clarified later on, isn't it? I think you can probably pick up on things earlier on that that kind of make it pretty clear that that he is kind of working undercover essentially. But I wasn't invested enough in the story early on to be trying to. I wasn't even thinking about things like that. I was just kind of, you know, going through the motions of the film. But the way the way they played it, though, I feel they kind of wanted you to wonder at least because he is presented as a villain and yeah, you know, a threat. For, for large portions of the movie. In the first half an hour, I was I was struggling with the movie generally. I thought it was quite bad, to be honest. Um, and there was like scenes of them like sort of driving through, you know, the jungle or or whatever. And the score was just was not landing for me at all. And I guess maybe it's just because it's a different kind of style. As I say, the when it gets into the more traditional 
body would fare that I far preferred it. There was one like um, all a cappella bit of music that stuck out to me. And I think it's only in the movie twice, like right at the very, very beginning during the credits. And then a bit where I think Ram's in that like tiny box prison underground. I don't know if you know it. It was it, it felt like something that um, Bjork would have done on Medulla. Was like, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. That was the only bit of music that, that stood out to me really in the film. I thought that was very cool. I say only appeared a little bit. Yeah, otherwise the music was um pretty nondescript. I don't I don't really in terms of the soundtrack, like the um well, I think we've all said it. I, I really enjoyed the the like dance set pieces. I, I, I oh yeah. I, I would have quite happily had more of them. Also it kind of broke up the uh it kind of broke up the story a little bit for quite a long film. Like I quite liked it, it was interjected. But the um the music and the and the dances in those like set pieces, they're just yeah, they're joyful is probably the right word. Like they're so energetic. Like the uh <laughs> like the end of the first one with the uh with the like one legged like kick dancing. <laughs> as I'm gonna yeah. as I'm gonna describe it as was uh yeah, excellent. I was uh, I was grinning, grinning all the way through that. But I think the music like brought a lot of uh, a lot of the sort of energy to those scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're right, actually, as a kind of background soundtrack, I didn't actually, I don't actually remember noticing the music very often. There was one bit in the little um, trivia section that I quite liked. Is uh, do you know when he beams looking for Ram in his little prison and he's he's hitting on the ground, and the rhythm is the same rhythm that they. They they play in that dance bit, and that's how Ram knows it's Beam, it's Boy. I, I kind of figured. I kind of figured that. I thought, <laughs> thought that was the uh, implication. Yeah, that's good. That's just a fun little like character bit. Yeah, it is definitely is. You know, I think we've all said it's the, it's the main two that sell it massively. I think they're both fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think their um, on-screen chemistry together is really good. I mean, you're right, Andy, like quite homoerotic as well. And they're both very handsome men in different ways. One like very, uh, very sharp and trim and one quite rugged. I'm into that. (laughs) There were a few bits where, um, and I'm not, I am a bit pedantic actually, but like I don't usually watch food films like trying to pick out like continuity stuff. And, but like talking about, um, like the look of the characters. Like one bit was when not Breen, the other guy. Ram. Ram. Uh when he was uh put in prison. And I think the period of time that had passed was supposed to be like like a couple of months, maybe, maybe less. And he had like just a glorious big beard and hair that it would have taken me like two years to grow. <laughs> Like, I'm for quite short hair to have his hair down to his shoulders. It's just like, oh, that's in, that's impressive. Yeah. Im- no sunlight impressive. either. So I'm like, <laughs> it's important for his final look when he gets his like bow and sort of orange pants and he's uh, pulling a glorious like um, Indian Adonis look. Yeah. When they first meet as well, I'd love the fact like one's standing on top of the bridge and one's like on the like the beach. Like looking down at this child who's like trapped in the water and trying to work out to save him, and I think the one at the top just does like one little like hand signal, and the other guy's like, "Yes, I know exactly what you want me to do. I'm going to steal this motorbike, come over to the bridge, and we'll just do some crazy flips." 
Yeah, that was that was awesome. And I'm pretty sure it had like the a title pop up when they did like a fist pump or, or whatever. I think it yeah. does. I think that's where the where the, the big RRR first turns up. The title card like 45 minutes into the film. Because I yeah. think that was that was <laughs> yes. the point where I was like it wasn't that point where I paused it, but that was the first time where I was like, that that's just the that's the pre-bit to the title cards. <laughs> Still, like really two like... and a half hours of this film to get. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's another full film left in this. Uh, but I like the inventiveness, particularly of that sort of opening massive stunt of them leaping either side off a bridge, and I think it's Ram drags that drags the flag through the through the water so he can throw it to Beam. He wraps it round himself to protect himself from flames. Mm. Uh, That's good stuff. It was just absolutely bonkers, and those moments, I think is when it, it won me over at its most, when it just embraced a kind of creative chaos. And some of the particularly animal CGI was pretty wonky. I think that was when it was at its at its oh, worst. Yeah, when, they had, when the tiger's like... It's the way it runs. It's just something... I can't a lot put my of, finger on it, but really... They do a lot, of, a lot of close-ups as well to really cement the uh, like slightly... Slightly poor CGI. I was really hoping as well when there's, I can't remember what the first animal is. Is there like a cheetah chasing him and then a tiger takes out the cheetah? I was hoping that there was going to be like, you know, then a massive rhino comes in and takes out the tiger (laughs) and then (laughs) ever escalating (laughs) dangerous creatures. Didn't happen, unfortunately. I mean, I checked out the, I tried to convert the budget. I think it worked out about 35 million pounds. Um, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what what they achieve with it. Yeah, which is pretty um, steep, and it made nine and a half million dollars on its opening opening weekend. So, you know, converting converted that back into rupees is uh, is a huge profit. Yeah, fair play to them. I mean, yeah, what they've done is extraordinary. Really, I wasn't even bothered by the CG animals. They it kind of fit the tone to me. I, Tonally, yeah, definitely. Because that the whole thing has again that sort of gloss to it anyway it's it, none of it feels real remotely no but you know I, I still i still got a little bit caught up in i know andy said he didn't i was a little caught up in their relationship towards the end oh no i said i said yeah. i sort of got 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 drawn around a little more by the plot like how how distort how distraught beam is when he finds out that like ram's actually a good guy and he's apologizing yeah. to his fiance. And you just, you never sort of like get that from a Western hero character, do you? Just he's properly just weeping. It's like, oh, my mate, <laughs> I've properly done my, my boy over. I liked it. Yeah, they get to display the full range of emotions, don't they? It's kind of I mean, like anime or something. It's just so. Yeah, everything's part extra. And sleeve and, yeah. Yeah. There's also some just atrocious acting, even by. Um, Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, was it was it Alison Doody? I think who was the like the countess? Going to ask who she was. Yeah, bad. Oh, is bad. That who it... uh, interesting. Is she, is she in much else? She's she's the uh, the lady from the Nazi lady from the Last Crusade. That's right. Yeah. Oh, damn, she's Elsa. Yeah. Wow. Because I mean, yeah, awful. <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge amount of Botox as well, which uh, yeah. seems slightly out of place. With this yeah, of I didn't age. even recognize her in nineteen twenties <laughs> India. Yeah, not yeah, a single, just... not a single thing moved on that face. There was some, some <laughs> just terrible deliveries. It's a bit where, where um, beams being flogged. It's just saying, "Where's the blood? Where's yeah. the blood?" <laughs> <laughs> Wild. 
Yeah. Otherwise, fun, good time. Favorite uh, action set piece? There's quite a lot of them. Oh, it's it's got to be when um, Ram is on Beam's shoulders. Yeah, that, with that's my two, pick too. Two rifles just shooting people, and then he'd, he'd lower them down, and Beam would reload them for him, and they'd keep shooting. It was uh, just point where <laughs> to shoot, and he's just arm goes out. Yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I think I think that might be my favorite too. I actually really enjoyed the kind of solo, solo fight right at the beginning as well, where he, um, where there's all the protesters around the, uh, around the fence, and he just like, yeah, yeah just that's so crazy. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous set piece that chases out one guy through the crowd like beating people with sticks. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, two hundred thousand people attack him. Yeah, yeah, and it does it does get across the scale as well quite nicely. I mean, it you can tell a lot of it was fake, but it still I don't know, it still had real scope to it. Mm. I think it had some class to it, you know. I don't think it was made without skill, just maybe without all of the That's resources it, I, available to I think it's incredibly impressive. It it puts a lot of, you know, American Hollywood blockbusters to shame at a you know, degree of the budget. It's it's insane, really. And I have read that their next film is going to be a kind of Indiana Jones style thing, which I'd definitely watch. I don't think I'm going to go bowling into a load of Bollywood stuff anytime soon, but no, I don't think this is my sort of gateway drug either. But um, as you say, like this particular creative team, I'd watch, I'd probably watch another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd probably agree with that on uh, both levels. It's just, it's just fun, isn't it? Like it's mm. good fun. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't need to be any anything more than that. It doesn't, um, but I will say on this is similar to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I think mm-hmm. came out earlier this year, where there's just like a load of people, and I get this all from Letterboxd, I have to say, which is just basically film, social media, therefore the best kind of social media, obviously. But both of those films just have legions and legions of people saying not only are they like the best film of the year, but you know, the, it's the, their favorite film of all time kind of thing. <laughs> with both of them, I don't see that at all. Um, particularly with this, I don't understand why anyone could truly, truly love it, but fair play to them. Yeah. That's it to each their own, but I know what you mean. I think it goes back to, to something Andy said earlier about th- there's a sense of throwawayness to, films that are completely divorced from reality and it does take away that almost the feeling of the potential of being like amongst the greatest films of all time yeah it's just that mix though isn't it because whilst there's all that over the top stuff there is also a load of stuff that tries to play it a bit more seriously for like melodrama and that was what i struggled with just the mixture of of those tones really I definitely preferred it when it just cut loose and gave up the facade of being like a yeah a serious agreed. film. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It probably brings us to the point of giving it a rating, despite being pretty like positive. I'm still not quite sure what to give it. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't come in with a number, but I think I probably have one. I did come in with a number, and as as usual, in one <laughs> around slightly for you talking about it. So I'm going to go up one from my initial thought to a seven. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to go up from one from my initial four for a second then. (laughs) Four to a seven, bigly. 
I think I'm going to fall in the same place that just seven seems to sit right. I am watching a trailer now on IMDb and it's, uh, it's when he's got his bow and arrow and he shoots an arrow into a tree and it's like just shy of a guy's eye and then he just kicks the arrow through the tree. Oh my God, that's that a cool death. pretty good. So <laughs> at the time, yeah, what a cool death. <laughs> yeah, out loud at the television. That was a cool death. Uh, so, you know, I think Seven is right. It's a, it's a good, fun film and it was different and I, I enjoyed that about it. It didn't feel like anything we'd watched for so far at all. 100%. I'm now a bit disappointed that I'm going third because I'm going to give it seven as well. I honestly had picked, honestly had picked that number before you went, but yeah, the like the set piece kind of choreography I think is immense. Uh, I really enjoyed the like the musical numbers in it. It's really good fun. Uh, it's the thing I said earlier though. It kind of just by what it is kind of caps it for me because I, I don't think there's really any sort of depth to it. But I can't go less than a seven. I, I did enjoy it. I wish it was a little bit shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, three hours, seven minutes. Let's hope that's not a tradition going forward for their their next feature. I mean, also, it's a, it was your pick, Will. And you <laughs> always whinge about films being longer than I don't know. This is true. Absolutely. Minutes. I'm trying to trying a bit of growth. I mean, we did just come off a five hour yeah, series t- as well. TV show. So <laughs> yeah, but that's that's my pick. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Things should be as long as they need to be. I just felt that that didn't necessarily need to be three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> it's a reasonable criticism. I'm going to pick the entirety of Star Trek: The Next Generation for my pick next time. <laughs> we will be with you in three months. We've watched all that. Okay, so we'll move on to my album pick, which is uh, Quality Over Opinion. Uh, from Louis Cole from this year, 2022. Uh, it's 20 songs and an hour and 10 minutes long. is ostensibly a sort of YouTube, I mean, drummer, I guess, initially, but has gone on to work with people like Bjork, uh, Seal, Snarky Puppy, Thundercat, Brad Meldow, previously of this podcast. Uh, this is most recent album. Uh, I've not I've not ever come across Louis Cole before um, outside of, well, it's also heavily speculated that he's half of uh, the avant-garde music duo Clowncore, and I was aware of Clowncore. But it just uh, popped up as one of my sort of recommendations. I think it was Dead Inside Shuffle, the second track. Uh, And that was enough to get me to check it out. And ultimately, I like this album quite a bit. I think it is full of variety. Um, I think it starts really, really strong. I think it is a bit too long and there's a few tracks I think you could probably just lop off. But for the most part, I think the quality of music writing is strong. I think there's loads of good melodies in there. Like I say, there's variety in both like the style of music and also the just the, the tone of songs. His voice is quite versatile throughout all of that. A lot of it is 
quite sort of accessible and poppy and um, doesn't really like reinvent the wheel. I don't think you could argue it's a massively original album, but I think there's enough nuance in there that while it's um, a lot of kind of poppy stuff, it's still interesting throughout most of it. Say with that little bit of kind of nuance and interest in there. What did you guys think? My thoughts are similar to the movie, really. I think it's way too long and it's not really my kind of music, but I do think it's pretty good. He's clearly very, very talented. Um, I think it's really nicely produced. It's quite slick sounding, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I really like all his little bits of arrangement and stuff and the squelching synths and that stuff is my favourite. When he gets into this sort of saccharine pop R&B ballads, count me out. I don't like really any of those. There's times where he drops in some strings and stuff, which make it a little bit more interesting. But yeah, I definitely prefer him when he's either in sort of Stevie Wonder, Jamiroquai Mm -hmm. mode, or particularly when he's in full on like kind of grime mode. Mm -hmm. Agree with Um, that. But yeah, it does have variety. You are quite right. And that is nice. It's just, yeah, I'd have liked it to be 20 minutes shorter and get rid of at least three of the kind of sugary R&B songs for me personally. All right, fair. I quite like those songs. I think I wouldn't listen to an entire album of that, but within the mix of, like say, those other sort of the the high funk moments, the sort of like high electronic moments, um, there are a couple of big string. I think um, the first song, Quality Over Opinion, and Shallow Laughter, I think, are both kind of heavy string orientated. Yeah, I, I was I'm, like I was pretty uh, familiar with Louis Cole before. Uh, I appreciate him more than like him. Sure. Yeah, he is super talented. He's a superb drummer. Like I was thinking, he's, he's he kind of does no expert on drumming, so I don't know if I'm going to describe this very well. But a lot of the drummers that I like tend to be those kind of you know when a drummer's like really sort of just sat in the pocket, like it's really mm-hmm. it's just kind of and like a groove thing and. And he doesn't yeah. do that at all. Like he's incredibly like on. Yeah, he's so tight, but like just like little fills and stuff are just so like so clean. Yeah, again, it's another thing where it's it's like impressive, but I don't always love it. And this album, I think I started enjoying it more when I started thinking about it less as an album and more of just like a collection of songs. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because I think it's so disjointed. Like individual songs are disjointed you know like there's just like a like you hit a switch and it just changes genre through through there's a couple like that yeah and um yeah if you you just think about it as kind of lyrical just throwing all these ideas onto an album 
And I kind of got on board with it more because I, I think me and Matt probably enjoyed sort of similar things out of it. I kind of like the more, more straight up kind of dance funk mm-hmm. more than like the R&B stuff I think is all quite, it just tends to have kind of textures behind with sort of these R&B like drums and vocals. Like there's not, not enough to it to make it interesting to me. Like I'll just kind of have like a synthy soundscape in behind. Occasionally there's some like nicely orchestrated strings and stuff, but often, yeah, there isn't enough to it for me. Uh, but the, yeah, the kind of the more jazz, jazz funk and, and kind of dance funk, the bangers really appeal to, me, <laughs> appeal to me more. I think, yeah, I'd like Dead Inside Shuffle with the straight up Stevie Wonder. I'm going to be generous and call it an homage. I think that is yeah. that is a, just a, a straight up banger. That's a, that's a hell of a tune. I think the first half of the album in general is is full of most of the ones I like at least. I would agree. Like, I think mate, my my mileage probably goes a bit further than yours based on what you said so far, but pretty much 1 to 11, I've got no problems with. It's funny. I think um, there's other songs that I like scattered, but I think my favourite run of songs is probably 14, 15, 16. Which, which are they? Uh, I keep car on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't feel comfortable saying that uh, that title for some reason. <laughs> uh, don't care which features. Th- I'm pretty sure this is right. The other sing the the other person that he is in with his other band uh, as the singer, and then laughing in her sleep is one of the like few quieter numbers that I actually quite like. It's one of those things you could never think. I agree with that run, like it's not my favourite, but I think between 11, where I, I think like Planet X is my sort of last favourite song of that opening run, then I'd put those three and I think I'd just stop at laughing in her sleep. I think that makes a good closing track. Yeah, there are sort of four, four more slightly nothingy tracks. Yeah, they are. If you're cutting songs off the album, you could cut the last four easily. Like little piano thing is, uh, is just a bit of a pointless addition for an album that's an hour and ten minutes. Like this is such a little kind of filler track. I don't, I don't think you need it as an outro. Yeah, outer mode behavior is just a worst version of things like failing in a cool way and bitches. I think you'd already. Yeah, they overdo that idea a bit. Bitches yeah. is great. That's one of my favorites on there. Pictures actually, I, but falling in a cool way is although it's slightly annoying that there's no other like lyrics. No, uh, oh no, sorry, two. it's not. Um, is it that song that's no, failing, in a, failing in a cool way? It's kind of just got two verses, but it isn't the song, of, it is the song I'm thinking of, but it's not the song that just has like the same repeated line pretty much throughout it. But it doesn't really matter. I think it's let it happen actually. The second to that, oh, yeah, yeah, 
And I say I definitely prefer his ballads when he's sort of embracing the musical theatre style rather than the R&B style. Sure. Which there's a couple on there where he does think not needed anymore. It's either that or Shallow Laughter. I can't remember which, but that's, you know, could almost be from a from a Disney film, really. And as you know, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. I think it's uh, Shallow shallow Laughter. Not needed anymore. It's like the... Oh, uh, yeah, that's the acoustic sort of, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the, one yeah. man and a guitar sort of thing. Yeah, that first half, is, it's got some good stuff on it. But look, it, maybe it is just a tiring thing, you know, to keep on listening and get free. But I do think there's weaker stuff on the second half. Like the stuff like, I mean, I've already said it, but stuff like True Love, I just, yeah. True love is messed up, especially when you feel it all the way. True love is so much, but you're happy getting crushed by all this way. True love, it shows us unexpected signs. Um, I also, I agree, I meant to mention on Andy's point earlier, like it doesn't feel like an album. It doesn't feel like a, it has any through design whatsoever. I don't think I really sort of considered that throughout listening to this. And I don't think it, it always matters to me as much as as, as it might um, to you guys. But I think that's a fair criticism. And I think maybe had he approached it with more of a more of a through line, it might have been a higher rate of kind of quality to a number of songs and it might might not have had such a kind of harsh fall off at the end i say i'm I, i'm pretty positive on this album overall and even i must admit like it, it was a tough one to get through all the way through because it was easy to just kind of skip past uh, the last four songs or whatever i read on read on wikipedia that he doesn't care about what people think of it just makes music that he he likes which you know, really should be the way everyone makes music, in my opinion. But he was talking about his influences and stuff. And I mean, it's all on there, obviously. He sort of mentions the the wonder stuff and all of that. And he also says about like video game music, old Nintendo stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that is there, like in places for sure. Wish there was a little bit more of that because I just really dig those sounds and I think he's pretty good at it. And I think that could have been done in a really interesting way in the form of actual songs and he, he doesn't really go to that well that often but it's cool that he dips into it yeah yeah i think i have a i don't know it's a slightly more appreciation for the consistent variety and that does mean that sometimes those elements don't get to like reappear as often I like the variety i just don't like some of those songs yeah yeah no, fair enough probably similar to mark in that it's not totally up my street like i listen to quite a bit of funk but i don't know it's it's kind of it's very like dance funk isn't it like high energy mm-hmm. and and that that is kind of less up my streets than kind of a more laid back sort of down tempo funk thing yeah I like i like a I like a groove as opposed to a real like upbeat sort of dance dance funk i was never like a massive james brown or stevie wonder fan not, not being a stevie wonder fan is that that's sad. Oh no! <laughs> I, no I, I, said, I said massive. Like I'm not saying I I dislike all Stevie Wonder. I certainly don't. 
but yeah so i think like it's difficult to say what i would have done with this album like it's too long so you need to cut some out of it and there's definitely songs that would go but i kind of agree with you will that i like the variety like it dips in and out of so many different different genres and stuff it's kind of what adds its interest and plus i don't because i don't love its core thing quite as much as you do will i think if it was just an album that i probably wouldn't have liked it that much so i I don't i don't know it's a very very difficult one to to judge i agree with that wholeheartedly like if it was just a a whole album of any one of his kind of genre touch points i don't think i'd have cared i think it's the fact that it's that mishmash that i can't become sort of disinterested with any bit of it because at every couple of minutes you're presented with something different Unless you're listening to Iron Tight, which is seven minutes long. Yeah, I don't think there's much emotion to his music other than no. get up and have a dance, which is fine. That, that's cool. And I do not like some of his lyrics as well. That's the other thing I'll say. I only really listened to them in the spoken word ones and yeah, bit bit tiresome, frankly. Happiness and sadness balance like a peak and valley of a sine wave, existing forever like an ocean wave, doing its job without giving a shit about my short timeline. Impossible, but the glass ceiling of infinity will never stop me. It never has. Dripping golden blood from important arteries as I smash through once again, screaming more love, less hate, the words rattling my bony ribcage. It fits into that category that I I barely listen. Unless they're specifically <laughs> unless they're specifically good and stand out. I don't I don't really care. <laughs> Say what you want. Just fill the fill the gap with your voice. Yeah. I mean I, I'm mostly the same. It's just when it's spoken word, you're kind of forced that there is no melody to I can't really stray off what I said in the first place, which is I do think it's good. And I do kind of like it, but it's just it's not really my kind of music. Like even less so than Andy. I'm not a funk guy. Mm-hmm. I have zero rhythm at all. I appreciate it. You know. <laughs> But it is very rare when I'm just, you know, standing around here on my own and uh, think, right, what I need right now is to, uh, you know, have a dance. (laughs) I'm not that guy. I wish I was. You're not that guy, bud. You're not that guy. I'm not going to say that I never have a little dance around my kitchen while I'm uh, making some spaghetti. Be known. find it a really difficult one to talk about like I don't really know what my opinion is of it I'm probably not going to go back to it that much it, uh, nothing about it has kind of grabbed me enough but I don't really have many criticisms either I'll happily come back to these songs weirdly I'm not super inspired to go and check out everything else he's done like I'm no if, if this is the only Louis Cole I ever listened to I'm sort of I'm happy I'm fine with that I'd be interested to hear something more acoustic based by mm-hmm. him I don't know if that's something he's ever done. I've got no idea. I did. It also mentioned, as with everyone, but that he was influenced by the Beatles, for example. And I didn't really hear that on the record yeah. at all. No. I think it's just something you say now. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Could you could you put a number to it? What are you gonna give it? Um six. 
Oh no. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bit generous for the um for how much I actually enjoyed it. Which is I sort of struggle with it a bit. That's cool, mate. Go with your gut. But um but there's plenty of bits that I did like about it. It's it's hard with a 20, 20 song album when there's quite a lot that you don't like about it. Like there's at least half a dozen songs that I, I didn't really didn't really enjoy. Well, I'll jump in and uh, also go for a six for similar reasons, really. I'd yeah. score it higher were it like a review for other people's benefit. Sure. I know what you mean, but, like versus your own enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, That's six, it, it's not, That's I can't go I any lower than a six because it's it's incredibly well put together. It's music, it's, it's musically impressive in bits. Yeah, it definitely like the mus- is. The musicianship in it, I think, is uh, uh, is impressive. Like he's a cool bassist at times, which always always makes me happy. But to get to my uh, eventual point and to bring the batting average up, I'm going to give this an eight. I think it has. It is too long. I think that is absolutely bang on uh, criticism, and I think there is stuff to cut out. But I think for me, the the sort of hit rate is uh, astoundingly high, and uh, I enjoyed a lot of this album. So yeah, good eight for me. Cool. Do uh, it'll be your choice when it Marco. Is that right? Yeah, I have I have picks. Wonderful. Please tell us your picks. Okay, so we'll go for the Orson Welles film The Trial, starring Anthony Perkins. And the album will be by the Madeiran artist Zhao Borsch. And the album's called Uma Noit Romantica, which I assume means A Romantic Night with Zhao Borsch. All right, cool. I mean, I've not heard of either of those, so that will be a new exploration. But that's all from us at the Screen and Needle podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, the internet. Join us next time where we will do uh, Marco's Picks. Uh, on another episode of Screen and Needle. Bye!